Oh, there we go. Look, back, back. Yeah, I think that we should start this again. I think that this is. I think that was a total tragedy. <laughs> there was a delay, and then there was this, and now we've lost most things. And I think we should just scrap all that useful information we just conveyed in the first eleven minutes of our previous attempt, and just accept no. that our viewers will never ever get to hear it. No, it's here. I've recorded it. It's it's secure, Matt. Don't worry about that. They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Puck with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Is it still delaying or is it okay, mate? No, it sounds a little bit better now. Well, I have switched over from my phone to the uh, local Wi-Fi, but it's not that strong. But let's see how we go. It's a lot better than your Aldi network. <laughs> I am on the Aldi plan. And it's I, I know. I know. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be on the Optus network and I could be doing a podcast with the Chinese government at the moment. So, oh, um, <laughs> oh, we're well, all being tracked one way or the other, which gets me to my, which, which is a nice segue to privacy and how people don't want to give out email addresses. We have it happen all the time at the gallery where we go, Oh, we, we can we can put that photograph in situ so you can take a photograph of your wall and we can place that photograph that you love on your wall so you get a really good feel for the size and the color of it and make sure that it's everything you want before you order it how do you what, know the size of their wall tom what's your email address so that we can email you the instructions in which to send us that photo and they they refuse to give the email and it's like what is with that? Do people, oh, no, that's my email. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give out that private, private information. Is that what it is? Or they just don't um, like it? I reckon it's something to do with your ridiculously pestery mailing list. You know, <laughs> you know what? I reckon it's been, I reckon I've sent an email out to my, my gallery clients maybe once in the last three months. So I'm not sure that's pestering. Well, well, you know, speak for yourself, but I would unsubscribe to that. Um, especially given the content was probably just like buy my stuff, you know. There's probably nothing useful or interesting in it. Maybe maybe our podcast, which is probably why they don't want to give you <laughs> There's a link to our podcast and they're like, no, I don't really want that. They saw your name and they unsubscribe. That's the point. That's the thing. Maybe it's an association thing. They just, you know, they know that if they if, if they ever get like, I don't know, investigated. They don't want to have yeah. your name in their inbox because it'll be like an accessory to the shit podcast or something. <laughs> well, you know, maybe I should um, uninvite you to be a part of my next book because that's where we left off. You were, oh. you were tracking at a Cam Blake um, and then I said, well, I have invited you to be a part of my next book. I didn't hear that. Cut me off. Cut me off. I, I, I asked if you would contribute that photograph from Caragini. Well, that's not really being partners in a book, is it? That's stealing a photo. Um, uh, I haven't stolen it yet. But, <laughs> but it is on Facebook, so who knows? That would be great. <laughs> that's it. Now, the, the next question you're going to ask me is, can I have your email address? And the answer is no, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> They're not your OnlyFans address either. No, no. Hey, you've got a bit of wind going on there. Um, now, I know that you said your back was to it, but... Um, no, I've put the laptop down. I was holding it up to me so you could hear me clearer, but now... No, it sounds way clearer just there. Right, there's a sweet spot. Okay, stop moving around, Tom. Don't do anything. I just saw a fin out in the water, a big black fin. Oh, it's that beautiful. sounds like a dolphin. Or... around in your Halloween costume, is it? No, no, my Halloween costume is way scarier than that. Oh, I bet. 
Mm. I bet. So what is happening in your world, Matt? You've been a tad busy since we last spoke, which was early September. Yeah, it's been a little bit hectic, but there's so much going on. Like, it's actually a really exciting time. Um, yeah. So you sound, you sound so excited, mate. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it's coming through in the Really, you haven't had enough coffee this morning. I have had too many coffees. I think that's the problem. My brain's now shutting down to compensate. Um, okay, okay. You need to go yeah. and have a buy-down. Um, yeah, that probably would do me a lot of good. Um, Congratulations no, had... on the Bright Festival of Photography. I'm sorry that I have to give you your leads now. I mean, I, I thought I was segueing into a, a spot where you could take up the next five or ten minutes of the podcast so I could go and order myself another coffee. But it's... Oh, yeah, well, um, we can do that. <laughs> you left me hanging. Jesus. Yeah, no, well, it was. I think it was a really, really amazing festival this year, to be honest. I think that um, it is the first time in Beef Up history where I have not been abused by someone, um, which is good. Uh, uh, no, no, I, I would like to correct you on that, given our conversation <laughs> we had yesterday. Should I name names or not? I don't think we should name names. I mean, abused by a punter, um, <laughs> someone who's going to the festival. Oh, 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 oh. Forget, forget um, yep, yep, yep. yep, I mean, yep. Nick, Nick Fletcher really needs to pull his head in, honestly. I thought you guys Oh, no, I'm talking about verbal abuse. No, I certainly got physical abuse from that man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's by the by. That happens all that's the time. It, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's to be expected. That's it. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he calls it encouragement. I, I, I definitely fit into a different category, but um, anyway, that's well, okay. Does his wife know about that? Poor Evelyn. She's a oh, To be honest, she's too distracted looking at my half-nude photo on their bedroom wall, which is a bit of an odd thing. But um, anyway, I'll let, I'll let the viewers' uh, imaginations uh, run wild on that one. For those, for those who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, you need to have come to BFOP to have seen some of the shenanigans that go on. And those who don't know anything about BFOP, it's an acronym for the Bright Festival of Photography, which are Matt Crummins and Nick Fletcher are the patrons patrons or, or directors or organizers all the blame and responsibility lies with them so um, yeah well, virtually none of the glory um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you put all in the hard work and effort and us instructors turn up at the last minute we're kind of like the um the last guy in the relay relay yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. you guys have run the marathon uh, we're running the last 100 meters and yeah, so we'll be right. to the line put our hands up burst through the banner and go oh my god how good am i and you guys are like, yeah, but we just put in the last uh, 42 point, uh, you know, zero five kilometers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, take you could almost put it like you're almost like where the pace is, you know, like. Um, True. Yeah, because then you don't get any credit for it. You, you, just, tend, <laughs> you, just, you tend to sort of fade badly towards the end. And that's where we step in. Yeah, that's it. No, I think it was it was really good this year. That was it was so different to every other previous year. Um, a lot of the things we we set out to achieve, which were very different this year, we I think we achieved. Um, you know, we've always kind of we are a festival, but I think sometimes the festive spirit is I don't want to say it's missing because it's not missing, but I think sometimes the festive spirit in the fe in that um, in the festival is like uh, diluted down because you kind of have it people scattered everywhere. This year we had our sort of our HQ. Um, with our marquee and things a little bit more central. The re we had a bit of a retail ex exhibition space. Um, yeah. I think it just kind of brought people together a bit more than it normally does, which was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, it was brilliant. And I think um, there were so many good things that you guys did. The little coffee cart outside of the marquee in between the trade show and uh, and the marquee itself was was a great sort of meeting point for people and much needed and and raising money for charity by the yeah. um, good people selling food in the in the ten thousand dollars all up. That's amazing. 
that is yeah, so ten thousand for charity, which is pretty good. Um, so next year I'm going to register as a charity just so I can get in on the prize. Um, <laughs> and at least get paid something for all the hard work and effort you do. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but you guys are like selling tickets for next year already, so everyone should be jumping on board, guys. These are selling fast. I swear. There's like there's like a, less than a hundred tickets left if I was to make things up. So. Um, you know, like jump on board, jump, Google Bright Festival of Photography and buy your tickets for next year because it is so much fun and so much to learn. And you know what I love amongst many things is how enthusiastic everybody is about learning. I mean, that's mm. the whole reason they're there. Uh, well, besides the shenanigans. But, you know, like they just soak their sponges. They just want to soak up all the information that we give them. And that's very gratifying for us as um, instructors because it makes us feel like rock stars and we um, and that we actually know what we're talking about. Well, I think, I mean, the other benefit really is that you, you get this community about it because everyone's there with a really kind of, everyone different level, but they've all got the same goal really of wanting to get what they want to get out of the festival. And so that, super, that, that came out this year more yeah, than ever, I think the community like, aspect. Like, and, you know, like such nice people. You know, I don't know how you do it, uh, but you managed to get a um, great bunch of people along who are just super nice to hang out with. So well yeah. done to you and Nick. Um, great effort. What was your and all, and, and all the instructors and stuff as well, because that's a funny thing. Everyone goes like, oh, you guys pulled together this great festival. And I go, if we had rubbish instructors, it would be pretty crap. Yeah, I know. Like, and yet, our organisation's not that great. So we I would have on, like. I keep on getting an invite back. So I don't know what's going on. You guys are delusional. But um, you're right. Um, I think it comes down to the, the word of mouth, the copy on the website, you know, how you pitch yourselves. It, it mm -hmm. is either going to appeal to, to people or it's not. And therefore, those who do come along have that expectation that yeah there to learn but also have a lot of fun so yeah that's exactly it we actually had it was funny you'll you'll enjoy this so we actually had a couple of instructors um who uh didn't they they, they actually i don't want to say they refused to come but um it's been recommended by a bunch of their workshop participants that they should basically chat to us about coming along to present yes and their response was no we won't be doing that <laughs> Oh, serious? Yeah. Oh, so if that gives you an idea of the vibe of the festival, um, it obviously suits. Stop this recording now, and I want to know. I want to know names. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they um, they have point blank said to people that no, we will not be attending that festival because I think that it's. I mean, I can only gather. I should say that it's maybe a little bit out of their comfort zone. Um, maybe they're not the same fun-loving humans. Maybe they don't like people. Um, maybe they just, <laughs> they you know, probably after they killed the first five puppies, they probably decided that, yeah, that's their new hobby. I don't know. But um, they 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 just said it's not their thing. No. <laughs> they, run, they run workshops for a living and yet they don't like people. Well, yeah, uh, basically. <laughs> Please do not get me started on that rant. You mean you mean you say, you say it's not their vibe, and and they probably perhaps you know a little more re shy and retiring, so they don't want to get up. Oh, these um, are young people. These are young people. Well, a group of young people who have um, yeah. I, I can only gather it's just that like, and I'm not going to specifically not going to name names because I'm not here to name and shame people or make anyone feel uncomfortable, and certainly don't want anyone to get you know. Um, you know, I'm using secondhand information, so I don't want anyone to be pinning the wrong vibe on the wrong people. But the um, the only thing I can really gather is that 
it takes, I think it takes, as an instructor at BFOP, I think it takes a lot of courage to be there. I really do. You know, we have a lot of fun with it because we've been with it since the start. But it's pretty intimidating space to walk into because you've got some incredible instructors who are very experienced, who have created an incredible community amongst themselves even. Um, and Thank you. Thank you. It is, yeah, well, yeah, um, you are part of that community, I guess. Um <laughs> <laughs> but but you know like if you walk straight into there as a as a as a fresh person who who maybe what you know maybe you're not quite as quick on your feet with um with the uh the penis jokes and things like that then um it's a pretty scary place to walk into you know it's uh it's pretty hard hard to uh to not just kind of be overshadowed by what's going on I can imagine it's a bit like walking out of the um, the community library on Oxford Street in Sydney, and then uh, the Mardi Gras is going on as you walk yep. out into the street. Exactly, you're reading an encyclopedia specifically about the corner sharpness of a 75 millimeter lens, and then you accidentally stumble into the Mardi Gras. Yeah, that, that's yeah. basically it. Yeah, yeah, and the next thing you know, you're dancing on top of one of the floats. But that's exactly. my that's my dream anyway. Yep. <laughs> and you've still got the book in your hand and that's all you've got. <laughs> that's that's it. That's your costume as well. <laughs> I'm wearing some black nerdy glasses with real <laughs> lenses in them as well. Yeah. Uh, as long if they have thick enough frames, they could be your uh, your, your uh, costume. I would not do anything um, as brazen as that, dancing, you know, in front of people like that. That's not my style. No, definitely not. And I've, I've certainly have never experienced that side of you in front of a group of people. <laughs> But I do have a whole ton of video footage that got dumped on my um, in my Dropbox the other day. Uh, in fact, oh, hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, um, no, what? Yeah, well, we had a videographer come along um, to film the festival this year. Yes, and yep. uh, they actually got some really great footage of of just you know what goes on, just to kind of give everyone the vibe. So, um, oh, here's a clip. Here it is. Um, where does it start? Okay, so it starts at this is not twenty six oh two. This is not good material for those. Listening. No, it's about you're right, and there's no audio on this bit, so there is about four minutes of visuals. But um, I'll, I'll send it through anyway. So we'll put it on the maybe put it on the groupies. Uh, what is it called? Not the groupies. The um, the oh, no, podcast no. group. Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook page. Oh, no, group. That'd be great. No, let's yeah, do maybe that. just some screenshots. Um, <laughs> that, uh, anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's good fun. There was, there was, I, I do have to make an official complaint to the organisers because there was somebody who looked like me who was impersonating me and, mm. and I, my lawyers are onto it. So. Do you know how much it costs to get a, a stunt double of you? <laughs> Not much. Oh, Not much at all. <laughs> Not much. No. But tell, tell us, so this is the thing is with the festival, right, we, we make it sound like it's this massive joke and it kind of is, to be honest, which is the fun part of it. But you ran two workshops. Well, you ran four workshops but two oh. different types of workshops. Um, now, I'm probably the best person to tell everyone about them because I wrote them for you, but um, <laughs> but you conducted them. So did you want to say, why don't you tell us what you did because then people will actually understand that it's not just a total piss take. Well, what I did, Matt, was for, for months beforehand, I uh, uh, I spend a lot of time thinking about um, what value I could add to those who have taken um, quality time out of their lives in order to travel to Bright. And I thought, why don't I, why don't I run like a, a sunrise workshop in a secret spot on top of Mount Buffalo that no one else knows about? And You're a genius. I, I know, I know. It took me, as I said, it took, I thought long and hard about this. And, and then I thought, well, I've got this little spot that I could go. It's tucked over the top of a ridge and um and i thought 
I, I will. I'm look. I'm not one to share secrets. I like to keep my um, cards close to my chest. Um, Did you blindfold everyone on for the walk up there? I, I that would have been good. That would have been clever. I mean, deadly but clever. And then I spun everyone around three times before we took the blindfolds off. And Ooh. so, um, yeah, and and blindfolding them back, and they all were chained up. You know, you know, just the usual, like um, you know, like we do at home here. And Sounds like your tent's going to be a lot of fun over the next week. <laughs> <laughs> We do this on all our workshops. <laughs> Tom's taking you to this secret location. All you need to do is get in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, wear this mask. And so, um, no, they, they, you, you, you put me onto this place, um, and they, they loved it, and they had a great time. And, um, and, and so, to be honest, what we did is we got up very early. In fact, the first morning that was very early. That that was crazy. crazy. That first morning, um, I thought, we'll leave at 4.30, we'll drive up the mountain, we'll get there by quarter past five there for everybody. You know, we'll be the first car in the car park so that people know where to meet, etc. And we, we get up the top of the mountain and there's all these cars. I'm like, what are all these cars doing here? Oh, oh yeah, they're here for my workshop. So we were like one of the last cars to pull in. Egan. That, that's because you forgot that it was actually a 5 a.m. start. So. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Egan, Egan. <laughs> Eager, eager beavers, all ready to learn, and uh, and and we hiked up the top of the mountain and back down again, and um, and had a most amazing sunrise where this mist was coming through the mountains, and uh, we got some glorious shots, and uh, they stayed around for a couple of hours, and um, they really enjoyed themselves, and and I am a very practical teacher, so I'm not one to sort of go, well, we're here, off you go, do your thing. I like to give a bit of background first. So I talked about what to look out for, what settings to have your camera on, um, pointed them in the various places to get some good shots. And then I let them be, let them free, I should say, and then um, wandered around um, as, as to as many people as I could to, to check their settings and, um, and to look at the compositions and give them feedback on that, which is what I think a workshop should be all about. I think to, to add two minutes of value to this podcast which i know you can skip over this if uh, anyone's interested but yeah, should we put the timestamps in the description <laughs> that's it skip the next two minutes if you're not interested in uh, learning anything um i think a tour my my general understanding is a photo tour is generally somebody who will guide you to a spot and then let you do your own thing which is fine for those people who know what they're doing um, but a workshop is where it's very hands-on, where the, the leader will take you to a spot, but then also tutor you with um, composition and camera settings, et cetera, and really hands-on, one-on-one tuition, et cetera, which is what we've always done with our workshops and the way I like to work. Because at the end of the day, I think my responsibility is not just to lead them to places that are awesome at the right place at the right time, but also then ensure that they get the best shots possible and, and learn something about about either their camera that they didn't know or photography in general, etc. So, I, I do I do find it one one thing I do find about BFOP is that um, I do find it frustrating, and this is just purely my my beef, and it's not a bad thing either. That that I only get a couple of hours with them, and I've got thirty five years of experience to share in just a couple of hours, which I know is impossible, but I do. I do love that they're so um, uh, engaged in what I'm saying, uh, but then too, there's so much more value that I want to add. But then there's mm. a certain amount that they can soak up, and they probably just want to come and get one or two things 
from each of the workshops that they attend anyway. So, um, you know, you're building blocks. You've got to start with the foundations and then build up from there. So I would encourage perhaps anyone who's been on my workshops before to come back and attend again. Definitely don't go on a Cam Blake workshop. Come on my workshops and you'll learn something. And, and you'll probably learn, um, you know, something different. I might even be teaching the same content, but you weren't ready for it. You were kind of like, no, I just want the 101 stuff at the moment. What sentence mm. should I have my camera on? The versus, oh, right, I'm, I'm okay with that now. So maybe I need to learn more about how to shoot with a wide-angle lens. So I'll listen from that point of view. Anyway. Um, that's a good point. No, that's a really good point. Because, I mean, that's I think a lot of people kind of, as you say, um, you know, when you're a real beginner, it's actually pretty easy to jump onto a workshop and kind of get something out of it. Because as a beginner, you've got any everything and anything to learn. Um, but once you get those basics, you, you certainly need to look back at what you've done in the past and go, even even if it wasn't a workshop, even if it was just going to a location and shooting it, like there's a lot of merit in going back to locations again and again as you improve because, you, you you know, you don't, you know, 100% occupied with thinking about the composition or the, the settings, for instance, anymore. So now you can actually divert your attention to the composition and, and whatnot, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm a big believer in that as well. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but I think the problem that, that some of us fall into is as landscape photographers going to a spot and then ticking the box and going, yeah, well, I've been there, done that, and it wasn't any good or, yeah, it was really good and I enjoyed mm. it. You've got to go back at different times of year, different seasons, different weather, different tides, whatever it might be. But just not only is that going to be different, not only are those variables going to be different to the time you were there before, but also you're a different photographer. Like, um, let me give you this analogy. Um, a lot of us should be looking at our photographs from five years ago and totally thinking they suck and going, mm. oh, my God, what was I thinking? At the time, I thought they were good, but now I look back on those and go, oh, geez, they weren't very good at all. And that's a good place to be, although it's not a, not a very pleasant <laughs> experience or reality check. And yeah. as an artist, we'd like to think that we're constantly getting better and growing as a photographer, mm. for example, and therefore – you do look back on your older stuff and go, okay, yeah, no, I'm a better shooter now than I was there before. And that just shows that you've progressed as a photographer and you've got better. And, you know, there'll be the occasional one that we fluke. And, you know, 20 years ago, some of my favourite photographs as a landscape photographer, for sure. But, you know, my hit rate was pretty low. Like I might go out 10 times and get one good photo, whereas now I'd like to think that um, I go out every time and every single photo I take is amazing. So, um that's a joke. Everybody should be laughing. Cue the. Yeah, I just, I'm honestly just giving them some space to do that. <laughs> Cue the canned laughter there. But, um, you know, you. I think that's the other point I want to make is that um, I think I've mentioned this before. When I was training a little bit for triathlon, um, you'd put in all the hard yards and you do a lot of training and you didn't feel you were like you were making any progress and then all of a sudden you wake up one day you go for a swim and like you're on top of the water right like it's amazing and you've somehow you've stepped up and it's not it's not a linear progression it's not a straight line it's not like uh, each time you do something you find you're getting a little bit better it's actually mm. sort of like it's a it's like a staircase it's like steps and and, and you'll flatline it for a bit and you go oh my god my photography it's not getting any better i'm putting in so much time and effort or i i've spent all this money learning about photography online course offline course whatever it might be but then all of a sudden something clicks 
and then you jump up to another level. And I know that because I've done it myself in my own career where multiple times I've wanted to give up photography because I didn't think I was making any progress or getting any better. And you stick with it, you stick with it, you stick with it, and then all of a sudden, bang, something clicks, and then uh, you're on another level. And then you flatline for a bit, and then you're on another level again, and you jump up the next step of the staircase, and and hopefully that keeps going. I I think um, one of the reasons that I've stuck with photography for so long is, A, that I'm really passionate about it, and I love it, and it it turns me on, but also, (laughs) to my stubbornness, my stubbornness has got me through those times where I've wanted to give up. I've really thought, uh, am I really wasting my time here? Mm. And so, um, yeah, that <clears throat> enabled me to keep going and hopefully keep getting better and to make a bit more of a success of it. Do you think that part of that as well is finding a bit of purpose in your shooting? Uh, look, I I said this before. Every time I but, go... But, Tom, I know you said it before, but you've got to remember no one listens to this <laughs> podcast, so... You can say it again, very comfortably. Okay, okay. I should stop saying that. I should go. I should just say, here's a gold. Pretend it's fresh. Yeah. Here is something that I've never said before, guys, and this is what I want. <laughs> I want you to listen intently. Okay. Here's a gem. Turn up the volume on your on your speaker because this is gold. Um, I I tend to always go out and shoot with purpose, so I'm always doing it with an ulterior motive, which sounds dodgy, um, which I am. But it's it's like you know, I come up here to shark bay right and i'm running these workshops which i love doing but then i'm also thinking well perhaps i could take these photos and put them into a beautiful coffee table book and sell it at the resort here and sell it in town etc etc and that's a really nice takeaway for those who come here to holiday and go oh my god this place is amazing and they see a beautiful coffee table book and decide that that's something that they'd like to take home with them so yeah, you know me. I love publishing and I love printing. And um, you might even be involved in one of my books one day, Matt. If you're not one day, maybe one day, maybe. one day, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, Cam Blake. I mean, look, he's just stepped up. He's 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 got on board. He's yeah. he's seen this the the uh, the brighter side of life, and so um, he's he's seen the good side. He's seen the greener grass, hasn't he? Greener he's, grass, exactly yeah. right. He's bathed in that sun. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. I've talked too much. I've talked too much. You need to you need to talk more about what you've been doing. You got back from your trip. That was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, we've already spoken. We, I got back from the trip. Well, actually, I've got a project on the run which we were discussing yesterday, actually, um, before you ran a reception. But um, I am doing what you're talking about. You know, this finding the purpose or whatever. And you were saying, you know, you like you know, books give you the drive to do things and. Um, we had this bit of a, a discussion whilst I was away. I don't know if you heard, but I won an award. Um, and, <laughs> um, really, did you? Have we heard? And thanks to Tom for running that amazing workshop at Beef Up a few years ago that motivated me to enter the awards. Is that you know the? Well, hold on. I didn't actually attend that workshop. Yeah, okay. It's a bit of an but, echo. I, 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 I kind of thought I was saying those words, but I swore that they were supposed to be coming from your mouth. Well, can I just say that what I do have in my calendar, though, going back to February, is a note in my calendar. Uh, I can't find it now, but it is in there, um, which was written in November of last year in 2021. And it was, I said to you in one of our podcasts, I said, oh, well, you know, I don't like competitions anymore because I tend to find that, I don't know, I find them frustrating because depending on the credibility of the competition, sometimes you feel like it's a bit of a, 
bit of a sham. <laughs> oh, so and you entered a really dodgy competition so you'd win? Is that what you're saying? So, yeah, I just entered the shittiest competition I could. Um, but I said to you, what's a good competition to enter? Like, give me some names, like, just because I lost faith. And you said, oh, what about this one? And I put it into my calendar because you told me that it normally cut the date, cutoff date is like February or something. Yes, so yes. I put it in my calendar based on your advice. So it wasn't the workshop, but, yep, I did get um, – I did did use your advice. Is this a confession from you, Matt? It's not a confession. It's uh, accolades in your direction. <laughs> I thought the only reason I'm saying it now and not not I haven't said it maybe a bit earlier is because I know that Monkey Meyer's got quite a bit of space. Like it's a very sort of you know I um, can spacious yeah. area, and it just yeah. and there's, there's some, probably some room for your ego um, there. But I didn't want to do it on the peninsula, um, you know, when you're back here because it's pretty tight living. You know, I just don't know whether you you would have maybe injured someone with the expansion of that ego. Never enough room for my ego, for those who know. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mary. um, Yeah, so anyway, so based off that, um, we had this discussion. Like, I obviously did my big trip. I shot a lot of photos I was really proud of on this trip. And, in fact, recently I was presenting at the Oztech Dive Conference in Melbourne. And... um, I, it's an underwater, it's a, it's a, it's a scuba conference. And I was presenting on, um, you do sound very underwater. Uh, and yeah, I was presenting at this conference and going, well, what should I present on them? And the topic that came up for me was like black and white underwater. Cause it's the most misunderstood, I think, um, genre of photography from an underwater perspective, because people go, why would you do black and white when the, the underwater is so colorful? Um, and, yeah, so doing that, I had to go and sift through a whole bunch of old shots and I was like, wow, actually I've got some really nice black and white shots here that I really like. And, you know, Laura's been on my case about it while we're away about some of my WA shots and, you know, you get those inquiries of do you sell your work? And to be honest, I never really have. Like I've sold pieces before but it's usually like when someone inquires, I go, oh, look, I can if you want to talk about it. And then, you know, every now and then they kind of convert to something. And I thought, you know what, we've got this beautiful studio classroom um, at the new property. Um, it's got blank walls. I need to put something on the walls anyway. And so I have um, been building it into a gallery classroom. So I just installed the lights yesterday or the day before. The Sparky's coming in about an hour to go on, uh, to get them uh, hooked up. And, um, yeah, we, 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 we're starting a bit of a gallery. Awesome work. Yeah. So it's kind of giving it a purpose. So to have some um, art, decent art on the walls, um, what time would you like me to drop stuff over? Oh, honestly, there's nothing on there at the moment, so there's plenty of space. We could actually we could do a pop up, a Tom Gal, a Tom Tom Putt Yarra Valley pop up. This is ideal. This is ideal. And and you said at the property, I'd like to correct you. It's estate. Um, oh, sorry. Well, you know, the estate, gated, the gated community. Uh, <laughs> and 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 we should do a print swap because I would love a copy of that uh, photo that you won the award with. And and if you can, um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll swap you two thousand bucks for it. <laughs> Two thousand dollars. I'm joking. I'm joking. So long as you give me one thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars in change. <laughs> That's harsh. That's You're very harsh. Oh, Muriel. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah mate, that look great. I love the photos that you sent through to me yesterday, and the ones of your um of your space there as well. So, well, the actual photos on the walls are actually from an old. Um, I did a shoot for Indonesia. Well, worked with the Indonesian tourism guys for a while. And um, they put on an exhibition in Melbourne and they got a whole bunch of acrylics printed, very touristy photos. And I just happened to have them sitting in one of the room, like a storage room here. And 
there's nothing on the wall, like literally nothing on the wall. So I've just bunged those up. And every time I look at them, I'm just like, I hate this. Because <laughs> wow. they're just like very commercial, wow. you know, like shot for a brochure kind of thing. Um, so it I'm gets, hoping that this comes together nicely. It gets back to my point earlier about the stuff that you probably don't like is your older stuff and it should be. You know, yeah. you've, you've shot better stuff since then. So um, you tend to like all your later stuff because that's perhaps your, what you mm. consider your best work because you're the I I got to say though, I do find that with um, with photog with photography um, and that idea of like liking your old stuff, oh, sorry, liking your new stuff over your old stuff. There are lots of shots I'm still very proud of in the past, but you do get very picky about it. And in fact, I got so picky yesterday, I just started deleting um, uh, stuff out of my Lightroom catalog because um, I've realised I've just been, you know, like I think I've got oh how many 161,000 photos in there. Yeah. Now. Of those, 20,000 of them are like corporate commercial jobs. Yes. And, then, and I delete all my like non-keepers in those jobs. So once this gets yeah. delivered and there's been about two months grace, anything that wasn't delivered gets deleted. Right. Um, and then there's, you know, 30,000 wedding photos in there. There's, you know, but I've probably got a good uh, 50,000 shots from my, what I'm going to call my um, uh, travel album, which is kind of my equivalent of galleries. Um, but there's, you know, what I've noticed is I look at them and I open up this, you know, yesterday I opened up uh, one of my holidays from ages ago, um, or holidays, I call it uh, trips from, um, photo trips. And there's like 2000 photos in the folder and I've already gone through it. I've already sucked all the best photos out of it, you know, and edited those. And then there's just all like the other crap. And I realized that there's so many really cool photos I've got in my Lightroom catalog but they're so hidden amongst all the other junk yeah. that I'm actually getting to this phase now where I'm like, no, no, I'll do a quick scan through and make sure I haven't missed anything that was worth keeping. But the moment I've scanned through, and it is a scan, it's not like an in-depth photo by photo. It's kind of like a scroll through the fo- the album and kind of go, yeah, cool. I've got pics from, I've got like um, selections from all through it. Um, I'm just deleting everything else and going, you know what? Actually that trip was a, a piece of history um, and you know, if it's got photos of like, you know, family or friends or something in it, sure, I'm keeping those. But just all the other stuff that I shot, you know, of like random trees or something that clearly I don't even have any connection to now, I go, I'm just getting rid of it and just trying to get my Lightroom catalog down to like a few thousand photos. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it just gets cluttered, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And there's merit in that. Um, I'd be afraid of deleting something that perhaps I'd missed and that was was quite good though. Uh, look, that's true. But I think... Um, in my particular case, and this is different for everyone because we all run our catalogs differently, mm. but the issue I have with that in my world is I'm never going to go back into some of these trips realistically and yeah. mine from the time gem. Yeah. I think the difference with what you – and it probably that's changing now. So like my WA trip and Central Australia trip are probably maybe in this boat. And for you, you've done a lot more very specific photo-based travel Whereas if I go back, you know, I've only been doing this full time now um, as a photographer who I, who you know, who's happy and proud of their work for probably like ten years, um, oh. and of that time, I was with Limpus for a couple of years, and you know, I've been out on my own for what six years. Um, in that six years, two of those years were COVID years um, where we didn't get much done at all, and so in terms of the trips that I've actually kind of got shots from where I'm going to actually maybe keep them, uh, there's not that many. Like if I go back, I've been shooting for, for what, 20 years now, but um, 
the first, um, you know, five or so, six years, you know, the quality of those images, even just from the cameras I was using, I probably wouldn't maybe yeah. use them that now anyway, or very specific. Like it's, you know, I'm not going to do prints of Vietnam, for instance. I've got, I've, I've got the, the hero shots out of that and they've been published and whatnot. Now I don't need to to deal with it so um, don't, get, don't get me wrong i would love to have a light ring catalog like that where you open it up and everything's mint mm. <laughs> just um finding the time to go through and actually oh, do yeah. that edit um You're brutal as well yeah so hard so like my Af- south africa trip from 2019 still got 3,000 photos in it um which doesn't sound like a lot i guess we were there for two weeks um and you know when you're shooting wildlife you do sort of you know, go through a lot of shots, but my gosh, I've done this to death. Like I've, if I even just open it now, I've got this one interaction with a rhino that we had and I've kept like six images of that rhino and yep. the other probably 40 or 50 shots are very, very similar versions. Yeah. Of it. The same. yeah. Uh, there was obviously a reason at the time I didn't pick that one. It's probably because it was the focus was a missed a little bit or something like that. So I'm going through now and just going, if it hasn't been like, I label my, my keepers red just because it's easy to see. Yes, me too. And yeah. so I go, if it's not red and I've got a red one in that sequence, it means I've already been through that sequence and that's the best one from that sequence. So I'm deleting everything else out of that sequence. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of been a big thing in my world at the moment is just trying to get my life a bit neater in photography land because, you know, when you are lacking that little bit of motivation sometimes, um, and not motivation, but, like, I'm pretty burnt out from, from all the stuff that's gone on with uh, the festival and I ran a five-day workshop up in Bright last week after the festival um, before that, it was, you know, three months on the road. Before that, it was like other big projects. I'm just sort of at that point now where I need to be able to sit back, open my catalogue and see nice stuff and go, yeah, actually, you know what? We've got some work to do with, with these current photos. I'm not in a position where I feel like I need to be constantly running out and getting more. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's exciting yep. in my world. Great. Yeah. Nice. And i got to say, actually, I know everyone who's listening, um, Brendan, <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the one thing that we haven't not talked about because there's not much to discuss, but I think it's worth a plug here. Um, I'm always asked, constantly asked, who do I get my photos printed with? Yes. And I have, like, tried a few different mobs. And I've had, don't get me wrong, I've never had someone who I really didn't like. I've had yeah. really good experiences with three or four people. But you got me onto a, they're not new, but they're new for me. You yeah. got me onto a mob recently. I, I know you're going to mention. Go on. You know what? I spoke to the owner of this business the other day because I have been dealing with this company since they, day one. And he goes, yeah, thanks for that, but we're actually knocking back work. Oh, well, then in that case, we shouldn't mention them. Yeah. Yeah. No, come on. You should mention them because they might, if you're throwing tens of thousands of dollars at them, they might take you on board. <laughs> to, to be honest, in the next week, I am throwing about that at them. Um, the, uh, the, so the brilliant prints based yeah. up in Brisbane have been, um, they've just been really cool. Like I got a test strip done. Well, not even a test strip. They don't do a test strip. They actually did a miniature, like five, a nine inch by five inch print. Yeah. Um, I asked them for a canvas one and they said, oh, yeah, we'll do the canvas one, but we think it'd look great on this as well. So they sent me a little metal print. Um, yeah. And it's like they haven't, they don't charge for those little tests. And, no. But they've made such an impact on making a decision around how to print some of this work, which you just don't get from most print places. They'll take your work and they'll help you through it and they'll step you through it and they'll do a great job of it. But it's almost these guys feel like they're quite invested in making sure that what you get is what's going to make you happy, not just, cool, you asked for that and that's what you got, even if it turns out to be a bad combination of paper and photo. And, and, and the company is called Brilliant Prints, 
www.com.au up in Brisbane. They ship all over Australia. Um, I know Liam and his brother Dylan personally, Been as I said, been dealing with them for many years. They don't come from the place of we want your business because we're here to make money. They come from the place of we're here to make you happy. We're here to make sure mm. that you get the best quality product from us because that's important to us. That's what drives us as a business. And that's that's not common these days. We know that. But at the end of the day, um, if I've ever had a problem and, and it's never a major problem, there's no questions asked. It's like, yep, yep, we'll do that again for you. Um, so... So, yeah, they are a fantastic company to deal with, that's for yeah, sure. But, but don't bother contacting them because they're not going to says Tom Putt. I'm sure they'll thank you for that after the no, new no, year. No, 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 no. Please contact <laughs> them. Just bear in mind that things are crazy busy at the moment for them. I think that's what Liam meant. They're like, yeah, they're, they're well up on all the years in the past um, and they're sort of like August, September, October is like Christmas time for them and it's ramping up now. So if you are wanting something done, order it you know today yeah. rather than tomorrow because um it's christmas time for a lot of these companies now they're really churning out work in order to try and get it done and make everyone happy before uh before you know christmas rolls around which is very too much soon, too soon. Yeah. bunnings has got christmas decorations in already how bad is that that's Mate, not they roll, they roll for, you think about the calendar right as a business and and we we do this too you kind of like you go, right, how does the year start? It's kind of like, well, we're thinking about Easter on the 1st of January and then and then Mother's Day and then Father's Day and then Christmas. They're the sort of milestones, you know. So once Father's Day ends, you know, in September, they're right under Christmas. Yeah. You know, they've got it's... a limited time frame and yet they don't care. Like people still people are coming into our gallery at the moment buying Christmas presents. They were four weeks ago. And I was like, Jesus, you're organised. Like, yeah. And also, how generous is that, buying a Tom Putt print for Christmas? Like, Well, they should, yeah. be, buying, they should be buying three. It's obviously the, port, the Portsy crowd that's buying no, those, um, obviously. No, they're tight asses. They don't buy. <laughs> they, don't, um, they don't consider photography art, Matthew. No, it needs to be a sculpture, right? <laughs> yeah, or a, a, a $10 million painting. So I don't have yeah. those in my gallery just yet, but I'm happy to mark one of my artworks as $10 million. If you know what? I'll even, yeah. make, I'll even sign it and I'll even <laughs> make it a one of one. I will yeah. not sell that. I will burn the negative. I will throw that digital file in the dustbin. You, you'll give them the camera it was shot on. Right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'll and you take them on a holiday to the spot where you shot it. I'll even throw in a free workshop if that's what they'd like to pay me $10 million for. You know what, Tom? I would hate to think of the things you would do for $10 million. Well, I'll even give them 12 months access to my OnlyFans account. How's that sound? <laughs> Which is just a key to your door, isn't it? Yeah, um, you can refuse that offer. Seriously, jump on board. Yeah. You know, Any. email address, tom at tomputt.com. I expect a flood of emails after this podcast is released. Can I also say, though, that if, if you're going to do that, just be aware, like, honestly, just be aware that, You've seen what Tom puts out in public, and if you haven't, just email me. And so that means you just got to make sure you're prepared for what must be, you know, hidden behind his paid subscription service. Um, because if that's for free, if, you, if what you're getting currently is for free, <laughs> do you really want to know what you're going to get when you pay for it? That's, that's the... I think this is what they call the peaking too early, mate. There's, <laughs> there's nothing left. 
nothing left. That's it. I've got nothing yeah. more to give. The only fans account is actually you dressed up in a suit um, with actual clothes on. Um, it's that's <laughs> it's it. just that's the stuff it. you can't normally see. You know? That's it. That's it. Hey, um, big shout out to uh, to Ian Wallace, my good friend Ian. He loves this podcast and he um, he always pays me very nice compliments and actually says that you and I are both quite funny. So. Oh, thanks, that's nice. Thanks, Ian, for listening. I reckon he's probably our only listener, by the way. You know, we make up names, but really, he's actually a real person, and I think he's the only one who listens. So, yeah. Thanks, Ian. Hey, we better no, wrap we, this up. We, been- we didn't make up his name, but we certainly made up his feedback. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you to uh, to everyone who hasn't listened this time around. It's been great to catch up with you, young man. And Yeah, uh, it's been fun. And you enjoy Monkey Maya. Oh, mate, I will. It's just glorious. From here, I'm probably going to go and get myself another coffee and then go 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 and jump on the back of that Halloween costume that you've been swimming around in. I didn't realise you were here too. We we didn't need to do this via Zoom. We could have done this, you know, face-to-face. But anyway, I'll, um, I'll look forward to having a dip in the ocean with you very shortly. Oh, that sounds fun. I like walking waves. I love it, Matthew. Okay, well, I'll catch you later. See you. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye.